Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hi, hi, campers, and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting from the University of beautiful British Columbia on the unceded Musqueam Territory. We're live on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, citr.ca online. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, well, that's an advantage and a plus on last week. But if you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 222. Now, First off the bat, apologies to people that weren't listening to the show live last week. We weren't able to bring you out a podcast due to some technical difficulties uh, station-wide, really. But that has been fixed now. So if you're listening to this on the podcast this week, that is why. What we are going to do for a couple of little segments of this show is just replay some of the segments that we had last week because not many folk will have heard that because the bulk of our listeners obviously does come from podcast listens but to everyone that is listening live tonight at 11 o'clock welcome we have a packed show in in store for you tonight i'm michael mccall i'm steve pander and i'm zachary adam eisenheimer and welcome what a weekend it has been what a week weekend as far as i'm concerned there was only one game this week okay nothing happened midweek nothing happened at all did you say anything happened this week zach yeah horror show Oh, we will touch on that a little bit in part two. Didn't want to kick off the, the bat with some really bad news, but what happened in Casey? I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll start with that. The, the plus point is the Whitecaps got three points, clinched a promotion berth, but it was, it was a stunning display. <laughs> um, almost lost for words and, and to describe it. If you were to sum it up for anyone that hadn't seen the game, Zach... What would you go with? The way you're talking, it reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where they, <laughs> they, their friend is showing off their new child to them. And they're like, oh, oh, uh, I, I think I can't remember if it was a he or she, but I think it was a she. She's stunning. She's stunning. And and it's kind of like, it's, uh, it, yeah, that's, you don't want to look, you don't want to look back at that, really. No. Even but we though, have to. Even though every, <laughs> every child in life is special, but still. Yes. Yeah. Every but, game is, is unique, but... Well, I, there's some very special people in Kansas City this weekend, some very unhappy Sporting KC fans, not living up to their sporting moniker at all, although I guess they were kind of feeling that the Whitecaps ver- weren't very sporting in that second half, killing the game off, 
which I'm not quite sure of what they expected that the Whitecaps to do. Didn't like a lot of the gamesmanship, the perceived time wasting, the yeah, injuries. Well, they've and, been accused of that too, as Anna uh, tweeted out some conversations in the past. Yeah, I mean, every, every team is going to do that. And when you're, you're on the road. I don't understand the the referee has the option to put more minutes yeah, on the clock. I expected a, a full eight plus minutes, I have to say. I was kind of surprised that there was only five. Wait, are you beginning your concerns about the officiating with the amount of time that was added? <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with the officiating. We got a win. Okay, we'll come to the officiating. There, there was nothing wrong with the officiating uh, Wednesday night. We told the ref as he was leaving. What a wonderful job he had done that night. Oh, yeah. He lost the plot completely. Anyway, let, let's just focus on Casey before we lose the plot completely. Eight changes to the starting lineup from that horror show on Wednesday night. And I was pleased with most of them. But there were some surprises in there. De Jong as a DM. I didn't see that coming. Well, that happened in Orlando too. Yeah. I didn't know that Jacobson was back here having a baby. Yeah. And that Tashir was back in Uruguay having a baby. Although well, they're technically wives. they're wives. But wives. they'll be back next week. So they were missing this game. Ali Gazal, De Jong, DM partnership. Gazal beast of a guy we'll talk about some individual performances later I I hate to keep coming back to you but it's almost like he should have played Wednesday Robo did say after Wednesday though that he wasn't he's tired he's still not up to full match fitness so he couldn't have gone Wednesday and Saturday well he shouldn't have been playing the previous Saturday well there's there's that as well but he did look good he did look good yeah I mean an, an interesting lineup. a lot of it I was expecting some of it I wasn't um, we got the tip off during the week, of course, that Stefan Marinovic was going to start and goal for David Oustead. But apart from that, uh, uh, not a not a bad lineup. We have seen the the perceived B team go and get wins in Dallas and Orlando before. So I didn't expect much going into this game. I did kind of expect a defeat. And after the first half, I'm not quite sure how the Whitecaps were not four or five goals down. Yeah, I saw you say that on Twitter. Yeah. Crazy misses. Yeah, poor, poor finishing, poor, poor performance overall from Kansas City in the first half in terms of being clinical in front of goal. Oh, for sure. Uh, the uh, the obviously the penalty kick too. That uh, was a good. I thought it was a right call. Yeah, it was. I um, mean, right away I thought it was in the box, and yeah. then it was. But I don't know what Kendall was but doing. I there. Kind of slipped, but mm. I, I think even there was, if, there was a breakdown before that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if, I think even if though uh, he hadn't hit the post, I think Marinovic was there to make at least get his fingers to it. Yeah, he I don't had know that how well much, covered. I don't know how much it would have bent over his fingers and gone in the net if it was, but he definitely got his hand to it and he was covering the post. But Rubio, he's gonna have nightmares about that game. That he could easily have had a first half hat trick, if not more. Then there's a couple of other chances that the Caps kind of let off the hook a little bit. I got quite obsessed by possession last night. I saw, I saw that yeah. on, your, on your tweets. But our new t-shirt range that we're going to be working on, apart from the, the Freddie F and Montero ones, we're going to be going with a new possession is for losers t-shirt. Because <laughs> that, that seems to be what it is. You possess the ball, at least against the white caps, you're going to lose. Yeah, and, and you tweeted out that uh, the, the stat from MLS where it was none of the five-minute intervals were in their yeah, favor. N- none at all. And not all. even close. Some of them were 11 and 12%. Yeah. And you're, it was a it was a siege in that first half. Yeah. There's no other real description for it. Although Breck Shade did have a couple of good chances towards the end of the half that could have given them a shock lead. Yeah, but they got the shock lead later on. Yeah, I mean Casey started the second half the way that they finished the first, and then 
some quick anticipation. Beautiful ball forward by Jordan Harvey. First time finish by Eric Effen Hurtado. That could be our other new t-shirt that we go for. What a finish. Well, I know you said Jordan Harvey made a good ball in. Like, Hurtado had to work at at, at getting to that ball. And and so I think... He, think he showed he, great hustle. It, yeah. it was. Ho- I agree with you, Steve. It was hopeful. Yeah, it was a hopeful it, one. I don't think it was a great it, it, ball. In. No, it, it almost felt like Jordan had watched that assist that um, DeYoung had made to, I want to say, uh, Jordy a, a couple games yeah, ago. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, I'm just going to have a go. I'm going to yeah. see. Anything Marcel can do, I can yeah, do that. Yeah, you know, I think he knows maybe that he's not as first choice as he used to yeah. be. And he's like, oh, let's just have a go. No, I didn't I, think no. Harvey would even start this game. Yeah. No. Outstanding, outstanding finish by Eric Hurtado. I know he takes a lot of grief from people. From myself, and I, I will doff my invisible hat. And he put in a hell of a shift. Yeah. That was a really good game from him last night. For me, he's actually turned me around a little bit, like uh, maybe midway through the season. Um, I think that, I, th- I think he has a spot here, in, in like even in future, future seasons. He does. As, as maybe... Uh, a two B stri- like backup striker, like if they bring another backup to whoever starts, and they can use Hurtado in some spots and use the other guy in some spots. I wouldn't call him a number three. I'd call him a two B, like base two A and two B as a backup. It'll be interesting with this year's expansion draft to see what happens with that. Yeah, because yeah. He, he, he will ha- be exposed. He has been at least this season. If you just take this season alone, he has been invaluable to how the team has progressed. And it. It can't be easy for him being behind a, a striker like Freddie Montero. And Robo alluded to that after the game, that Hurtado doesn't come to his, his room and say, why aren't I playing? He knows he, his role. Yeah, he comes to the room and says, what do I need to do yeah. to get playing? And I, I like that attitude. Yeah. And he is he is a super nice guy. We have ragged on him a lot. I have ragged on him a lot. Zach, not so much. But yeah, he's kind of turned me around a little bit as well. I. I really liked what he brought to the team last night. And the last couple of weeks, I do like what, what he has brought to the team. Yeah, going back all the way to San Jose away earlier yeah. this year. You know, like, he is, he's contributed. He's taken a number of his chances, not just a couple, you know, in terms of the, the time he's been given in the team. Co- uh, speculative ball, if we can say that, from Jordan Harvey, yeah. that yeah. he finishes first time over the shoulder with the outside of his right foot into the far side netting. Like just classy quality that's a, that's finish. That's a FIFA 18 finish, yeah. basically. It, it's it's going to be up there in the top five Whitecaps goals of the year. Maybe even top three. That's something we'll break down at the end of the season, obviously. Two minutes or three minutes after that, though, KC nearly got back on level terms, rattling the crossbar. And that's what it's there for. Yeah. I, I know, because KC tweeted well, out, how did that not go in? Yeah, I saw and that, it. It seemed to also deflect off the wall, the Brexit's head a little bit. That, that's that's, that's what his head is there for. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what that Flock and, and, of Seagulls haircut is there like, for. And also, I think Marinovic still had that covered as yeah. well. And Marinovic then made that big save um, off, I think, uh, off a corner. It was it got over to the other side of the box, and he came up and just you know volleyed the ball or parried the ball over there. He had net. a great first half save. Oh, that as well. was a massive yeah. save, point blank, straight at the, him. the cross from Zuzi. Yeah, and the way he moved across was so like it yeah. was a powerful move across the net like that. Two things about that. One, yeah, it was more quality positioning from him, right? Cuz the finish even though that it was nice diving header technique, the finish was very central, but it was because he was in good positioning. As as when I saw it, I was just like if that was Jordy Reyna, 
he would have scored. <laughs> you know, like with one of his. Would he his... or or would he have wasted too much time on the ball <laughs> with an open net and then gone to ground? Which at first, when I saw it, I didn't think there was any contact at all. I have, was, I, I have a hypothesis case. about this as well. Yeah, I I thought there's no way you're going to round somebody and then go down. No, no. but he, no, there was. He definitely got contact. Where's the contact on the on the on upper the, body or no, the clip? Apparently, it, it was on the calf. The calf no, the, from the from Zuzi. Yes, okay. I, I wouldn't. Initially, I thought it was it was Melia that yeah. caught him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it was the calf. It was more the side of his leg. Um, side of his calf, the side of his calf, yeah. And uh, the outside, outside side. The first, re- the first replay they showed, you could see the contact. The second replay, because it was a different angle, you couldn't see the contact. Right. I and missed that's the where, first one, and I only yeah. saw the second. And, and I'm like, mm. and then and then everybody saw the second one, and that's where everybody yeah, was. I think that's only the yeah. only one that's that uh, Kansas City people have been yeah show, showing. showing. Yeah. <laughs> but he he, he should have sh- put it away. I mean, he had enough time to put that in the back he, of the net. Yeah, my favorite thing is Kendall Watson coming yeah. over to him. He's on the ground. He's like. What did you do? He's yeah. like, you needed to score that. I know. But I, here, that could here, have been so costly. Yeah. But you know why he didn't score? Because it wasn't a game winner. Exactly. He's new. I All my goals are game match winners. I don't need to score this Maybe one. that's his clause. It's like you get a, a special bonus for your match winning goals. None for just a Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, Maybe. this is not going to be the match winner. I don't need to score. So, I mean, Whitecaps, we're in stoppage time. 91st minute. Goal up, man up. Yeah, yeah it's going to be easy. And then... <laughs> Bola gets sent off for now waving his hands yeah. near Phil Hubbard's face. I could maybe get accused of being biased when I say this, but that was not a sending no, off. It was a makeup call. And here's here's the okay. Everyone hates Toledo. Okay, like I've not Kansas minded City. him this year. I thought he had one okay, of the better this, referees. This game, Kansas City people did not like him. Whitecaps supporters did not like him. My big concern about that, especially the the second one is what the heck is VAR for? If not to look at that, yes. they're supposed to be looking at red cards, goals, misled. That was one of the things they're supposed to look at. And there's no, like, you can't look at that and say, that's for sure a red card. That, well, should, be, I that, think, that I, should be a sending off. I, I think that what they're going to say is that that was an opinion-based one. And um, because it's not a clear and error, uh, that, that that's why they'll say. Because he'll, he'll say he, he saw the, the arms hit the face of the other player. Whether... Uh, and, and so that's what their VAR is there is to say. Okay, we, maybe he thinks that the, the guy hit him in the face hard. Let's yeah. have him let him let him look at it again because that was that was not a. And so VAR is showing its flaws, not just in this, not in this, on this continent, but in Europe. They've had they've yeah. been showing their flaws. Well, you, you also not being saw used that Disco when had to overturn one of the VAR decisions yes. as well, yes. which is the worst thing that you, could possibly happen. This is in supposed that. to be something that's hard to screw up, and they're screwing it up. Yeah, but. Thankfully, it didn't, it didn't cost the Whitecaps. There wasn't enough time for them to, to do anything. So a, a 1-0 win. If I was Peter Vermees, I just don't know what I would say to my players after that. But we will hear what he had to say to the media now because we're going to hear some audio from both coaches. First of all, we are going to hear from Sporting KC's Peter Vermees and then a little bit from Robo. Probably staying a little bit of the obvious here, but I mean, when when you lose a game one nothing, I imagine those early chances really really stand out. I think the game was probably, uh, you know, I mean, I can say it now, right? The game was lost in that first thirty minutes. Uh, the fact that we had, you know, some incredible looks, 
um, you know, on top of the penalty. You know, the penalty is one thing, but uh, on top of that, we had some great opportunities. You know, we have to, we have to stick we have to stick them away. You know, because it, it it not only not only gets you the goal, but it also changes the game and how they got to play and everything. And and we didn't do that. Um, but I got to give a lot of credit to their goalkeeper. He played. I mean, he was big time. He kept him in the game. Uh, he was a different level in the game tonight. So uh, credit to him. You know, the goal. You know, what can I tell you? Uh, you know, I think we were snoozing a little bit, sleeping maybe uh, on the play. Uh, you know, we talked about that's that's the one thing that they're going to do the whole game was play the ball over the top. That's what they wanted to do, and and uh, they found a way. They scored, and so you know, it's unfortunate, but at the end, we we had the chances. We didn't put them away, and so you know, they deserve they deserve the points. They got the goal, and they deserve the three points. Kind of touch on this a little bit, but when when you're when your team feels like they're they're playing so well, they've got all the possession, all the shots. Is that what can kind of lull you into a, a little bit of, a, I guess, transfer for not paying attention to what could go the other way? Uh, it could, but that's not that's not that's not the norm by us. You know, it could, but that's not the norm by us. And I don't uh, look. I think you know, all in all, we played very well tonight, but you know, we didn't get the result, and that's. That's what we're in here, this business for, right? To get the results. So, the unfortunate thing is, is that we did a lot of things really well, but the one thing that we needed to do was score. We didn't, and the other was take care of the other side, which was what we knew they were going to do, and we didn't do that either. So, you know, when you add those up, it it actually winds up being a negative, unfortunately. Game like this kind of has a bit of a playoff feel to it. This is kind of what you're going to face in the playoff. A good team, um, they're going to bunker in, especially if they come here. You know, how does even though the result doesn't go your way tonight, does that kind of help you guys kind of really understand and gear up that this is kind of what we're going to be facing for the playoffs? There's no doubt you can use it as an example for sure. No doubt, um, you have to be able to understand that. Uh, I don't know at times, I think at times the game had high intensity, but other times it didn't because they dropped off so much. What what it did have, though, was a um, uh, a tactical approach, a tactical understanding that you have to have when you go into the playoffs because it's all about, you know, uh, getting goals and, and not giving goals up. And, and we didn't do that tonight. You know it's going to be tough. It's going to be a battle. We know what the t- Kansas are like, the great team. Peter has them super organised in their play, uh, but we got to match that. And we knew we'd come under the cosh a little bit, and we did in the first 20 minutes. It was one-way traffic. We made some adjustments. Credit to the players in there because they took it on board, and the game plan worked. Sometimes football isn't pretty, unfortunately. You know, we all want to watch Barcelona play or Paris Saint-Germain this season. Uh, sometimes it's not about that. It's just about good, honest, hard work. Uh, and my guys in there, every one of them, rolled their sleeves up and fought today. Uh, yes, we can play a little bit better, um, but what they did today was phenomenal. Absolute phenomenal effort. Now you've got some, just a big win, especially away on in a really crowded West. Where does this leave you now for the, for the rest of the season? Just with three points. It's one game. You know, we've got an important game next week at New York Red Bulls. We know that. It's going to be another difficult place. I asked them to rebound after Wednesday because I thought we were a little bit soft on Wednesday against Seattle, who were another good team. And the response that they gave today, as I said, it was phenomenal uh, against a really good team. So proud of them today. Really proud to be the manager of this football club. Um, and obviously, I, th- I do believe that we've in- sneaked in the playoffs. Two places now that you're going to before now. It's- what do you draw from this when you're going into a stretch that has two away matches? Well, you try you try and get into playoff mindset, and we tried to do that on Wednesday, uh, but it didn't quite work out. And 
what we learned on Wednesday, I made him aware of it today because in, in playoff games it's very tight and decisions sometimes go against you. It's important you keep your emotional control, um, but it's important you stay in the game as well. And when we were under the cosh, as I said, in the first 20 minutes, we uh, maintained focus. Our mentality was spot on. You know, we were throwing our bodies on the line and you know, goalkeeper come up with some massive saves. We know that, which you need to, uh, but we stayed in the game and we took the chance when it came. The gaffer's there, and that music has proved surprisingly popular with people. It's been very catchy. It's been stuck in folks' heads. I like it. If if anyone wants to know where it comes from, it's from a a 1979 ITV sitcom starring Bill Maynard called The Gaffer. So we're going to get a a whole new generation of fans for Bill Maynard. Anyway, both the gaffers there talking about the KC game. And Peter Vermees took it quite well. I, I... I would have just been, what the hell happened out there? But there were some really good individual performances by the Whitecaps. Eric Curtado, we, we talked about, he put in a hell of a shift. Stefan Marinovic, we, we've touched on him, but it, it was very interesting. After the game, David Usted uh, retweeted a tweet yeah. from his, saying what his new agents were. He's no longer with base agency, um, Robo's brother's agency. So he's with a different agent now. On so, field, on field management. Yeah, does does that add fuel to the fire that well, he's leaving? The, Who could the, possibly say? The initial tweet came before the game when yes. the lineups were announced. Yeah. Yes, and then he retweeted after the game. Now, also, um, uh, just to let you know, I looked into on field management. They also represent Simon Thomas, former oh, White Cap goalkeeper. Oh. So there's a number of players. There, they they do. There are a lot of based in Mexico too. A lot of Mexican players. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he's going to go to Mexico. I think I might know who hooks Simon up with them. Hmm. I think I'll C- check on that before it's any Camilo? other. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Camilo. No, but it, it, it. I mean, it. We've said it before. It's hard to see David coming back on what yeah. his option will be. Yeah, and when you've got a guy like Stefan Marinovic come in and put in a, a performance like that, if he wasn't away when New Zealand. That would be an interesting one for next week. Does he keep his place? And then you watch how the marketing people are pumping his tires. Yeah. Stefan. He's baking yes. cakes. Yes. He's baking cakes. Yes. He's also on the show later on as well in, in part three. Oh, so you're pumping a tire too. I told you he's one of my favorite people to speak to just now because he swears during interviews. I just love that. Yeah. I cut it out, but I love that. But Marinovic had a really good game. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, uh, the great saves kept the team in the game. Time wasted when he needed to. Yeah, oh, so a couple of lovely times he went down there. And Hurtado, any, anyone else stand out for you? Um, you mentioned Ali Ghazal earlier. Yeah, yeah Ali I G. thought he was good. Um, who, who was your man of the match for the White Caps? For me, it was Diego Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Marinovic for me. I'll give it to him. I want, uh, I want to give it to Eric Hurtado. I'm going to go with Marinovic. He wins. He wins, he does. And the Whitecaps won. And that victory clinched the playoff spot for the Whitecaps. Seattle losing today against Philly in Makes a, it easier a for them to shock get now. Yeah. The Whitecaps just need three points from the last three games to be guaranteed a, a top two finish. Or 
if Portland and Seattle draw in one of their remaining games, yes. that, uh, that they won't have. They'll be able to match points, but they won't be able to match, match wins. wins. So that that'll well, unless good. MLS ch- changes the tiebreaker you by know. the end of you yeah. never know. I just want MLS to change the date of the playoffs so oh. it's not on Halloween. So uh, I don't have to explain well, to my wife for her fifteenth wedding anniversary <laughs> that yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch the White Caps. Just have her just say I'm doing. I'm pulling in Nick Hornby. Well. I'm hoping it could be Seattle or Portland because that's going to be a nice little anniversary trip for us. Because that's going to be the first leg away. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that, that'd oh, be a nice excellent. trip. I thought I was going to have to miss Halloween. <laughs> You're not going to go to Portland or Seattle? No. Yeah. I was having a discussion this evening with <laughs> my wife about the potential. <laughs> oh, it's, it's wonderful this time of year. <laughs> but at least we're in the playoffs, so there's that. There's been a lot of chat this week just about the Whitecaps tactics. So we're going to look at that in part two. And we're going to be back with that after this. Hey, it's Stefan Runovich, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. So whether you're listening to this in your dorm here at the university, <laughs> I still think people are doing that. If you're listening to this in your dorm, please make sure you tweet at, at AFTN Canada. Yeah, send us a picture yeah. of you watching. No, 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 no pictures, dorm. no pictures. Just send us a tweet if you're listening at UBC in a dorm, just and so we know you're listening. If you want a poster of myself, we'll get that sent along for you. <laughs> get that on the wall beside Kurt Cobain. <laughs> you know what year it is, it's been, right? It's been a while since I've been at university. Well, Kirk Cobain, obviously from Seattle. Yes. Vancouver was in Seattle midweek. Uh, or were they? Were they actually? Did they actually no. show up? Lo- lovely link, but uh, that's sad. Yeah, that. Let, let's quickly talk about the Seattle. Game. Quickly. Yes, yes, because I do not want a five-hour show because I'm working tomorrow at nine. No, okay. We talked about this, I think, last week a little bit, but no one heard last week's show. So, right. it so, no, so no one knows we didn't. No one knows that we did talk about. It. But seriously, I, I think. I think most people are happy. Six points, three games in the week. Most people are top of the table, some distance, some separation with, sport, with Kansas City. I think most people are very happy. I think they got it wrong. I, I think I, I think they got it wrong. Does, it, does the 3-0 defeat make you think that? <laughs> in part, yes. Okay. In part, yes, of course. But no, the weakest lineup this week should have been played against Colorado. And I know what you're going to say, Michael. You're going to say Colorado played better than we expected. They put up a fight. People fighting for their jobs or all the shop window for next year. All that all that stuff. No, I was going to agree with you. Okay. Well, no, that's, that's I wasn't. Right. That, that was a game they definitely had to take three points. They had from. to take three points. Yeah. But a lineup that was different than what played could have taken three points. A lineup more similar to what... Could it? A lineup like yeah, similar... Pro- probably. A lineup similar to last night... Could have taken three points in that game and should have taken three yes. points in that game. And the best team should have been played in Seattle. Ali G needed to play in Seattle, as an example. No offense to Russell, he did not have a performance. I think he'll look back with look look, look back on fondly, like most of the squad. Uh, Shane and Williams yes. did not have a good performance. Christian Bolaños, I don't think, had a performance that he'll be you know you know putting in his memoirs. Um, the lineup needed to be different. The lineup was not good enough in Seattle for that match. That should never happen. Take away Cascadia Cup, take away league standing, take away all of that. A lineup like that should never be put out in Seattle, ever. The, the one thing about that uh, that line, that game itself, definitely for me uh, confirms when you know people question who's the best starting eleven. I think we have a confirmation of who the better right back is. 
in this lineup, and it's Jake. I think most people would say that that, yes. that already happened. Even with his mis- the minor mistakes, he's he's just at this point. And obviously Shane Williams, I think it's more between the heads right now because earlier in the season he was putting in a really great effort, yep. and I think it's between his head right now, the, and he's not conf- gone over it. But my grievance would still be you don't determine that in Seattle. You don't no. determine that Seattle away. I, I think I think the weaker lineup should have been last night, which was kind of the weaker lineup out of the three, they, and I think that should have been it. And they, I, I do agree that Gazal should have been playing in Seattle. They pissed away the Cascadia Cup yeah. in, a, in a week when you look at it they could have they could have done far better in that game what I would say though about that Seattle lineup I, I agree I, it baffled me when I saw it I'm sitting in the stadium it came out and I was like what yeah yeah you're bringing Williams and Belanius that haven't played for six weeks Bola coming into off of a injury. lineup yeah coming off of injury you don't start but a guy like that in I, a game like what that. I will say is I think they were played for their experience because you don't want to pitch a young guy like Nurbinski into that. Ali Gazal as well. He hasn't played a big derby game in front of those crowds. He did tell me after the game in Colorado that he had played in big crowds in Portugal. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying you don't want to play young guys. A certain young guy a few years ago scored a hat-trick in Seattle. and <sighs> and and, that again? and he played well. So I don't, I don't buy that you want to play veterans against it. You play the best players. And they, Russell Tiber, Jake has played in big games already. Yeah, this year. I mean, everyone's going to know I'm not a fan of Russell Tiber, but Tiber v Dempsey, he usually has Dempsey wrapped up and in his pocket. So I can kind of see why he put Tiber in for that one. And if Fry doesn't make that big save off Montero, that could have been a totally different game at that yeah. point. Well, and, I don't know. But still, I don't think it's it, it might have. It might have rattled Seattle. Oh. And it might have just boosted the, the, Vancouver a little the, bit more. The, the, to me, the, it starts with the lineup and the oh. approach. And the Saturday lineup should have been reflective of, uh, like, Russell should have played in that game. Other guys should have – Shannon, whatever, who should have played in that game. So other guys could have played in against the better opponents in the two, two-way two matches back-to-back. Uh, one of the things that I think is a little bit concerning uh, about that game is it, it looks like Brian Schmetzer in his um, preparing for the game – Really got it spot on in terms of how you can pick apart the Whitecaps. He's a geography teacher. He's going to do his homework. Right. You you get the ball wide or down low, wide and low, and you don't cross it in the air into the box. You lay it back on the ground yes. to on-rushing midfielders or, or strikers or other wingers who have, have checked their run or whatever because Kendall's, uh, you know, Kendall can't dominate the air, be, uh, Timmy P., can't dominate the air yes. in the same way when you're doing that. And like it was all, all two, at least two of their goals were like that. Well, that brings us nicely then into looking at the Whitecaps' tactics, both how they play and against them. Because we've had a, a number of people ask this week. Uh, Julian Dirks was one of the guys. He wanted us to kind of break down tactically what the Whitecaps were trying to do on Wednesday. And it is hard to kind of know what they were yeah. trying to do on Wednesday. Obviously, the Opus... Mo- the game plan for the Whitecaps all Mo- year, Rob. The modus operandi? That's what I was trying to yeah. say. The modus operandi for the Whitecaps this year is to soak up as much pressure, hit on the counter, and see what happens. Against KC, we talked about the, the position. They finished with 24, 26.4% possession. There's been a number of games this year where they've got the wins with under 30%. They don't care if they possess the ball. It's what you do with it when you've got it. But we've talked what happens when you go up against a team that can take their chances or finds a way to do what you say, like not pump balls into the box, but play. 
along the ground. And that's exactly what Seattle did. Is this going to be what opposition teams now do against the Whitecaps? They're going to think, right, Kendall Waston is a beast in the air. Anything that comes in, he's going to deal with. Him and Timmy aren't great when people are running at them, when they've got the ball at their feet. Jake Nerwinski is inexperienced. You can run at him. Jordan Harvey is getting aged a little bit. You can run at him. And Marcel is not a primarily a left back if he's playing there. And you know, trying to go through the middle, if you've got Chani and Gazal in there, as long as Chani can stay on the pitch long enough, <laughs> uh, two, two settings off against Seattle, back-to-back Cascadian derbies sent off, that has to be a, some kind of record there, I think. Can't think of anyone else that's that's been sent off. None in back-to-back, yeah. So they know if they go through the middle, the Whitecaps are going to soak that up. So it is attacking them on the wings. Yeah, and, and it's not just... It's attacking with numbers on the wings, right? Because Seattle used their fullbacks to full, to full effect, to create imbalances. Which is what we usually do. Yes, and part of that imbalance was created because... I think on both sides, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but both sides, Bola and Abini probably didn't help out enough their fullbacks on on either side of the pitch. I I agree. I I don't think they they tracked back as they uh, normally did. I think they were left out a little bit. Um, uh, and uh, and like you said, uh, the 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 holding midfielders weren't up to snuff in this one too because there's a lot of gaps in the midfield. The, the way the white caps are playing. Have they found the the secret to, to winning an MLS? Is this something that can take them, this lack of possession, is it something that they can take into the playoffs and actually be an effective playoff team? Not at the at, not at the Sporting Kansas City clip. If it's 60-40, I have no problem with that, but the what, what was happening yesterday, they need to improve that. I, I would like them to show that they can hold on to possession when they have the lead. That's the important times to have possession when they, once they have the lead because you don't want to you don't want to be giving the other team too many chances to get back in the game. Well, that brings us to passing accuracy then last night. KC were 88% passing accuracy, 77% accurate in the final third. The Whitecaps were only 64% passing accuracy and in the final third when they did venture in there, 41%. They were in the final third. Yeah. Okay. 41% was their passing accuracy. If you're going to give the ball away if you and you're a counter-attacking team, yeah. you're leaving yourself wide open to be punished. No, no. Amazingly, teams have not punished them so far. Once it gets into the, the, the cut and chase of the playoffs, you can't see that continuing. No. Uh, Michael, it, it feels like they're playing football the way, maybe not your ideal, but they're playing to like a Michael McCall, like, I don't care how you win. Yes. Just win the bloody game. That is that's that is how I approach football. Yeah. Now, and so you you're happy with that. The problem yes. is the problem is it doesn't help the football club as a, on a whole, right? It doesn't help it doesn't help grow the, the sport in the city. It doesn't help winning will help get people there, but not like when the football's not good because the win you won't always win. So it doesn't keep people there in the long term, right? I know they're just coming off their season ticket drive, which they they have a like ninety five plus percent renewal rate because they have an auto renewal system, and they should probably the people who work at the club should probably thank Josh Nanavati for setting that up. They were the second team, second sports team in North America to do that after I think like the Cleveland Cavaliers or some team in the states, and that has them at a crazy clip. And then they're 
twelve percent drive this year was the most success. I think most successful it's been in a number of years. Do you not think though it's because Freddie Montero number twelve got his twelfth goal oh, of the season in the twelfth? Yeah, minute. I, I think that was what it was. Now we ran a poll tonight on Twitter. It, it's still going for a number of hours. Lopsided poll, I'm assuming. It's only been going for three hours, and we've had hundred and forty-five votes. The question was. I, I saw a lot of interesting comments this weekend that, that people, they don't care that the Whitecaps won. They just don't like the way that the Whitecaps were playing. So basically what, what you were saying. Whereas I'm in the any means necessary category. So I asked, would you rather see Whitecaps enter, attack, entertain, but maybe lose, or sit back, bore the hell out of you, but get a win? And 72%, I am glad to say, is going with sit back, bore, and win. Yeah, but the, uh, yeah, and I don't. When I, when I voted, it was eighty six percent. So that it was that high. Yeah. That's uh, these are these are valid. These are people's perspective that they're all valid. The thing is, when they're you, valid when they agree with me. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. You you condone, I condemn, uh, whatever. We'll, uh, we'll come to that <laughs> later. I'm sure. Um, I I think they play an exciting game at home. It's just the way they. And the thing is, everybody's watching on TV away, and that might not get people going to the stadium, like you said, for the next game because they see that and they can't it, correlate. That's the thing. They're not people are not. Um, one of the biggest problems they've had. This is year seven in the MLS, and people have not fallen in love with the football club. The people will come occasionally. They have these diehard people who've been following since the 70s or whatever. They have a, a, a group, of, a small group of supporters who are passionate and always there. But the general, like, this is our club. This is our team. We love this no matter what is not really growing. And it won't grow. And I don't, I, I don't think it'll grow with that kind of football. Even if they win, even if they win an MLS Cup, the growth will be short term. Because okay. it'll be hard to replicate that. I, because it'll hard be, hard to replicate that because they'll say, we got this way doing a certain thing. Let's keep doing that thing. And that thing we all would agree is not going to help engage with more people. Yeah. I, I want to read a quote from Russell Beresford at Squad Player on Twitter. Now, this wasn't directed to us, but somebody retweeted it asking us to talk about it on the show tonight. Uh, Ronald Allen did that. So Russell tweeted out, Robo is a dull coach and his team reflects that. We have what we have. Now, Mark Weber replied, they played open in Seattle and look what happened. If they had better players he could coach differently, that might be a different thing. But the general feeling is, Robo wants to play this way. He's got the players that can play this way. So that is why we're successful. Do we have the players that can play an open, attacking, exciting game and defend and score uh, and they, win. They don't have a midfield. That's my my biggest yeah, issue. Yeah, we're, we're missing a number eight, yeah. which could be Noza. The, yeah, they need that connection between whoever's the holding and whoever's uh, obviously Reina in this case. Uh, they, they, that's the player they're missing that can push the ball up and control it. Chani, for me, is does not have the passing accuracy. He has moments where he has good passing, but not the consistency where you're you're not worried about him and he won't lose you the ball. Here's the thing. It's parameters and fine lines, okay? Seriously, if people yeah. if people think it's oh, he Robo is doing this or that or whatever, he's living within the means that he's been given. That was part of the whole talk we had with him recently, right? He's doing the best he can with what he's been given. And so if people want expansive football with, you know, more attacking, he's He's I, 
you can argue doing the best he can with what he's been given. That that, that would be my pers- my perspective. No, I agree with you. He, he's, he's he's not being he's not being given what some other uh, teams in the league are being given. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you, to, to use the old Scottish phrase, you can only piss with the cock you've got. I I've never heard that before, but it's interesting to hear you say that. But he, um, the only thing you, the only thing that'll happen here is you'll get like. Diamonds in the rough, or you know these gems that whatever, or, or you'll get like a Jake Nowinski this year, who like, or you get an Ali Gazal or Noza, but you pick up a, a talented player on a free transfer yeah. because you know someone, yeah, yeah, you know someone, or the situation at the club they're in yes, has let bad. them become same with the free. Colombian, yeah, and and it, the th- and the thing is, is the um you you were talking earlier that he's doing that, that's a, a a sign of a good coach when you can adjust your tactics or the tactics for the club to the personnel you have instead of. Like fitting a, a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, and that, and that's he, what, he has to do with what he has to. do. That's what I was par- partly thought he would say, and what I was trying I, I was trying to lead him into that question. And when we were talking to him, was like, "Hey, are you not just getting the best? Out of, are you not getting kind of a? Your, are your players not collectively punching above their weight for what you can spend on them?" And he didn't want to say that. He was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 yeah," kinda. because I think he was trying to protect them. Yeah, but um, but he always will. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But so I think they I think collectively in a sense they are. And so for people who want better, you need to spend more. It's mm. it's not yeah. need, not, not rocket need, science. You need to renew those tickets. I I just want to go through some some tweets here. Jay Humphreys at LWO04 on Twitter. What's up, John? He'd rather that they entertain the idea of attacking football that can get wins. So so one thing about that I did want to say too is I think this is probably hard for Bobby Leonard Doozy to swallow. Because that has, in the past, like years and years ago, that had been one of the things he always tried to sell. He always tried to sell people, we are going to play attacking football back in the day. And he can't get out in front of a microphone and say that with any credibility in the MLS era. Or for most of it anyways. Which I'm happy with. And and Chris Corrigan, Salish C86, says he's there for the result. If he gets bored watching, he'll just make up funnier songs. Like that attitude. Jonathan at Border Caps Fan he wants to know, is Noza here to make an impact in the playoffs or more with an eye to 2018? Well, we have an option on him for 2018 and 19, and Robo wants to have a look at him, so it's not even a guarantee he's going to be here next season. No. I think he will be a key piece if they can get him healthy. It would be great if he, if he... Is he injured? He's no. not up to match fitness. Oh, fitness, Because he yeah. hasn't been playing. Yeah. De- if Dead we can clinch, Dead yeah, if, Well, if we can clinch against Dead Bull, get the three points, get that top two finish, these last two games, we can kind of rest some players, get the likes of Noza up to match fitness. I'd like to see us do that. I don't care if we're first or second, to be totally honest, because it's not going to get us much. Jonathan also wanted to know our thoughts on Danny Barbier and his shot at getting a contract next year. It's been hard to judge him so far from the couple of games he's played for WFC two because the we, teams he, have been horrible. And he a hasn't games. and he hasn't played in the summer for he's play, hasn't played in a while. I yeah, think, I mean he's just getting back, so I think they will have a look at him. Yeah, he could be a number five centre back if uh, between him and Cole Siler next year. Hugh Lanius at High and Caps. He wants to know when does the lineup get settled. <laughs> he doesn't even know who the starting keeper is anymore. <laughs> now, Robbo did say after the Seattle game that a lot of the performances that night had made his mind up as to, to basically what was going to be in his settled lineup. So you have to think bye-bye Williams, as we talked about, and Tybert and stuff like that. I would have expected a settled lineup for the run-in, but if we do clinch early, we might not see that settled lineup until the actual playoffs. So, I mean, that, that is going to be a tough one for him. Christina at Mudcree. 
says, win or lose, the Whitecaps are boring. <laughs> so that kind of ties in with what you're saying, Zach. Well, uh, I'm not saying I personally find them boring. I'm saying... No good boil. Touch this on what we just talked about there. It's the Whitecaps bunker counter a viable strategy for the playoffs. They got away with one in KC. Crossbars, Rubio, favourable calls. But that won't always be there to help them. And Joel Nutson says, in the words of Al Davis, just win, baby. So, again, I am all for that. Uh, Last one. Johnny from Canada. He wants to know, are SKC the sorest losers in MLS? They, their fans definitely made a, a good case for it over the weekend. I don't know. Seattle fans don't take losing very well. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see about that. But all this talk about playoffs has made me a little bit hungry. So we're going to play you a clip which we played last week. But as we mentioned, uh, a few people haven't heard. So it's our fish and chips segment. It's back. We're speaking to Robert Earnshaw. And if you're going to go to Kerfilly, Robert Earnshaw has a few tips for you. It's fish and chips, chips and fish. My, oh my, what a wonderful dish. Put some salt and vinegar on, and you'll be licking your lips. So you're out for some fish and chips. Mm-hmm. Do you have salt, salt and vinegar, or salt and sauce of some kind? Oh, yeah. I mean, this one, again, you cannot have fish and chips without salt and vinegar. I agree. My wife completely disagrees. And tons of it. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of salt, lots and lots, extra vinegar, extra salt, because you got to let that soak in. You know, and we're British, so we know this, the little things (laughs) that make the extra flavor, extra salt, extra vinegar. Um, and let it soak in a little bit, and it's still steaming and, and hot, and, and then you dive in, and, and you got to eat with your with your hands. You, you got to eat with your hands. Totally. It's, it's then it's pure, you know. And it's funny. I was I was back in the UK a few weeks uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I was like, I, I got to have some fish and chips. <laughs> I've got to go every time I go back now. I uh, I go straight because um, in my town, uh, Kafili, um, we um, we've got a couple of really traditional great places that have fish and chips. Some of the best fish and chips in the whole, whole UK are in, uh, are in my town of Kafili. So if you go to Kafili, I'll let you guys know that, uh, you know, where, where that is. But uh, it's, it's amazing. So every time I go back now, I'm like, okay, fish and chips, you know, fish and chips by the castle because we've got the big Kafili castle there. So fish and chips by the castle. So it's nice. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Now, the Whitecaps are in action this Saturday, travelling to New York for their third straight road trip on the, on the on the bounce. And as we talked about, it's a game that if they can win there, then they've secured a top two finish in the West and a first round playoff bye. But it is one of a number of games that is getting played over this international break. Clubs do have a choice as to to whether they play over this international window or not. Always baffles me that that they do when when you are going to to lose some players. And the Whitecaps are losing 
some players, but maybe not as many as they could have. Because there, yeah. there were rumours that Jordi Reyna was going to get called up by Peru. No Canadians called up either for their friendly that they have, which is good. Because we are losing from the MLS squad two Costa Ricans, mm-hmm. Kendall Waston. Vamos los ticos. Christian Bolaños. Who wouldn't have been able to play. Yeah, he was going to miss the game anyway. He's going to miss two games now. So, no, okay. Quick question about that. Because MLS has some crazy rule, which I've never seen in Europe before, where if you're not there and able to play the game, it doesn't count as missing a match. Yeah, he's going to miss the, the game after. Okay, that's re- that's ridiculous. It does kind of make sense to me because he wasn't going to be able to play it anyway. So, nah, that I, makes sense to me. The match is not on the same day, correct? The game is on the Saturday. It's not on yeah, the same they're, day. They're playing on the Friday and the yeah. whatever. That, Maybe that's, they should recall him for the. Yeah, they should call him. That's, ridi- the that's ridiculous. And we're also losing Stefan Marinovic, and from the the USL squad. Not that it really matters, no. but we're going to lose Meyer Bevan and Declanman. But it's a great opportunity for all these guys to to possibly be involved in the World Cup next year. And if you look at the World Cup four years ago. Stephen Bates, sure, he went off with Iran, yep. didn't play, but it was great to have a player at the World Cup. Christian Bolanius, obviously with us now, he played at, at the World Cup and he's looking to go back again. But it would be fantastic. Costa Rica's all bar. But in. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're guaranteed to be at least in, in the playoff. So you know that they're, they're going to clinch the spot. New Zealand's going to have a little tougher deal. Yeah. Only because Argentina's not doing so well at this point. Yeah, so we'll come to New Zealand in a, in a little bit. But Costa Rica, first of all, let, let's have a look at how CONCACAF is standing. Obviously, Canada's on the outside looking in, but you kind of expect that when you're, you're in the hex. Are, are they still looking in? <laughs> I, I would hope that they're, they're taking an interest. Mexico have clinched their spot. They're, they're leading the hex, 18 points. Yeah. Costa, Rica's, Costa Rica are second on 15 Panama's third on 10, US hovering on the brink in that player spot, fourth with nine points, Honduras also on nine, with a goal difference of minus seven. So and, and there's the, only the, two games left, right? Yeah, Honduras so, are away to Costa Rica and home to Mexico, so I think we can kiss goodbye to Honduras. So Costa Rica basically just needs a point yeah. in, in order to clinch this Did you just say you want to kiss Honduras? Kiss goodbye oh, to Honduras. Okay. So, that, I mean, that would involve kissing them. S- sadly, America's going to at least have a top four finish, bar Honduras pulling some remarkable result out either in Costa Rica or at home to Mexico. Have which ever- Mexico could want to screw over the US and just send a bunch of, of stiffs over there. That would be hilarious. That would be interesting. I was asked when I was down in Seattle on Wednesday night by the Radio Cascadia folk, as a, an impartial outsider, <laughs> what's your thoughts on, on America's plights just now? And how, how truthful with I was very you? truthful. Okay. Right away, I was like, I find it absolutely hilarious, which I don't think was the answer that they were expecting, no. but I, I do find it absolutely hilarious. Games this Friday and next Tuesday. Big game on Friday. Fourth place US against third place Panama. If Panama win that, the US are in a lot of trouble for, for trying to qualify. And you never know, Honduras could do something, or US could just lose so many goals that, nah, that's not going to happen. But US, you have to feel, is at least going to be in the playoffs. And if they do finish fourth, they're going to play the, the fifth place team in the Asian, which is going to be the winner of the Syria and the Australia playoff. Australia's just got themselves into a right mess yeah. this year. Playing Syria, who you have to root for Syria. I mean, I want Syria to do that, 
But at the same time, you want America to have the tougher game, which would be Australia, if it is the US. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But looking at Costa Rica, Costa Rica have two games left. They can clinch their playoff on Friday. They're at home to Honduras. If something happens that they don't do that, then they're away to Panama, which would be a, a much trickier game. But you feel they're going to do it. Christian Berlang is looking to go to another World Cup. Kendall Waston looking to go to his first World Cup was in the preliminary squad in 2014, but was cut. Really wants to get back to this one. And I got a chance to speak to Kendall at training just about what it would mean to the country and to him to, to make it to Russia next year. So here's what he had to say. So Costa Rica, very close to clinching a, a place in the World Cup in Russia. Yeah. How are you feeling going into these last two games? Very excited and we're just waiting for, for that day to to be an awesome day because we want to qualify, especially playing at home. And obviously it's a dream that everybody wants to, to have and we're going to work hard for it. The game against America, that was a fantastic performance, yeah. both by you and by the team. What did you make of that match, personally? I think that that game helped us a lot. That winning in in the U.S., I think, that gave us or opened us a lot of um, opportunity right now to, to qualify in a better spot. And now we just have to play that game against Honduras and, and, and see what happens. What would it mean to you to, to go to Russia playing your first World Cup? A lot, because I think as a professional, everybody wants to play a World Cup, especially with your national team, obviously. But um, for me, it's going to be hopefully a dream come true, because last World Cup I miss it, so I don't want to miss the, this one. Kendall Watson there just talking about Costa Rica. He was outstanding in that game against the U.S., I mean, but he, he had a really uh, him and Clem Dempsey are from having a go at <laughs> yeah. Everyone here, I think, loved that. Yeah, I mean, that was great. And Canada could still have a, a role to play in the, the CONCACAF qualifiers, if speculation is anything to go by. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this has been... I don't know where I heard this, and I don't know if this has been... If you're just making it up yourself. No, no, I heard it somewhere, and I don't know if it's like been proved to be you know false or just, yeah, just random speculation, but... Syria, if Syria is the, the team in the, in the playoff uh, that the U.S. would have to play if they did come forth, uh, Syria's been can, obviously cannot play at home for obvious reasons. They've been playing, because they're in the Asian uh, Confederation, they've been playing, I forget where, I, I want to say Malaysia or somewhere. So I, I don't know if it was Twitter or somewhere, or Facebook or one of these places. And Twitter is always accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I'm pressing this like by it's saying It's neck and neck between Twitter and Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, I heard someone suggest that there's a there might be a possibility that the the whole match for Syria against the US could be played in Canada, which obviously would be very interesting. Have that BC place? I would love that. Yeah, I don't know if they choose BC place, but probably not. I I would again. I am kind of biased, but I mean, good good luck to Syria. Good luck to Costa Rica, to Panama, to Mexico, to Honduras, Trinidad and Tobago, Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> oh yes, because the US. The big game is Panama on Friday, but if they screw that up, they have to go to Trinidad and Tobago, who's nothing to play for, but it is in Trinidad and Tobago. I, I know there's some people who have a perspective out there of why would Cana- like why would Canadian supporters of teams that are part of this thing called MLS cheer against the United States? Well, I'm but, not Canadian. No, for, I know. No, thing. I know. But it's an obvious You're thing. Based like, in Canada. 
a lot of Canadians in sports just don't like America as a, as a team, obviously. And so I think there's a lot of Canadians who would be happy to see them not progress. Oh, they'll probably progress. Which is natural. It's, it's like our national derby, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it does look like Kendall Waston and Christian Belanius will be at the World Cup next year. Now, that means we'll lose Kendall for a big bulk, possibly six weeks of the summer, because they're going to have a pre-camp, they're going to have the time over there. Christian uh, Belanius, though... Will he still be a white white cap next season? Yeah, and and the thing, other thing is, is you, we there'll probably be a some kind of break during that World Cup. I uh, would certainly hope uh, so. But, uh, yeah, maybe a month. Well, even. if they do the Gold Hopefully. Cup, they better than yeah. 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 Do you know? Bull- well, if America don't qualify, they're not going to care. Oh, right. Do you know Bola's contract status? Is this the end of a? Uh, he's going. He gave an interview with Costa Rican uh, media this week, oh, where right. he said that he, he's got another two year option with the White Caps, but that he hasn't heard anything. They haven't had any more talks with him. Right now, you have to feel he's kind of a luxury player. I love Bola. I think he's one of the most skillful guys we've got in the team. But he is a bit of a luxury player. I don't know that they will bring him back. And if he is going to be missing for a big bulk of the summer, that could play into it as well. But the marketing people would love it. Yeah, I mean, having guys there. New Zealand, they do have a much tougher task if yes. they are going to make it. And they've already qualified for their playoffs. Yeah. They, they beat the Solomon Islands 8-3. Because if people don't know, their uh, Oceania Confederation only gets half a spot. Yes. So they have to play somebody yeah. else in order to qualify. It's why Australia left the Oceania one to go into Asia. They wanted more of a challenge, which I think is just insanity. And why New Zealand has made some World Cups. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I remember watching New Zealand in the 1982 World Cup. They played Scotland. They lost 5-2. Scotland gave a couple of goals away in a good Scottish way. So that was the first time we watched New Zealand in a World Cup. The first it was nice I, to see them again. The first time I fought Canada in World Cup qualifying was ahead of 1994 when they lost to Australia in the playoff. So New Zealand, Stefan Marinovic, all the other guys, they've got a really tough task ahead. We'll look at that after we, we hear from Stefan Marinovic. Got a, a chance to chat to him after he'd come back from the game against the Solomon Islands, which if you haven't seen the highlights for that, check it out. Some fantastic saves he, he had in the second leg. And what a stadium the Solomon Islands stadium was. It's all grassy banks and it was packed. It didn't look the safest, but it was absolutely packed. It was a great thing. So let's just hear what Stefan Marinovic had to say about that game and just what might lie ahead for New Zealand if they are to make it to Russia. So New Zealand, you know you're in the, the playoffs now for the, the road to Russia. The game against the Solomon Islands, or the two games a, a couple of weeks ago, how, how was that for you? You seem to have a, a pretty good game out there. Um, yeah, whenever I, uh, whenever I play against you know, perceivably weaker teams, uh, I have to concentrate because uh, I know that some of the players maybe aren't going to concentrate, and you know, that was the case. So a couple of times we turned off and I had to... Had to come and do something to keep it, uh, keep the score nice and uh, comfortable for us. Um, but yeah, I'm happy with the 8-3 aggregate. I uh, we went with a um, not full strength team into the second game, and we un, you know drew, which was a bit disappointing. We definitely wanted to win, uh, but yeah, overall we're we're happy to be in the playoffs now. So you're you're playing the fifth place team in Com the Ball, which right now is Argentina. Do you watch those last two round of matches and hope that Argentina get the results and it's not them, or would you like that challenge? Um, if I wanted to be totally honest, I'd say definitely wouldn't. I, I, I would not like to get Argentina or Chile. 
I think they are traditionally very, very strong teams, especially Chile. They're hard workers, and uh, you know, Argentina has those players that can decide the game. You know, Messi um, and Co. that can decide a game by themselves. So we would be looking at, you know, we'd be hoping for someone like Paraguay, or I think Peru might be in it as well. They could make it. So um, <coughs> that's what we're hoping for. How tough is it for New Zealand? Just you're not playing top teams like Australia left, obviously Oceania to go and play it in Asia. Is it tough to keep focused for that long, knowing that it really boils down to these last two games? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a long road. It's not exactly uh, easy, you know, going to those island teams. It would be similar here for those in Central America going to you know Trinidad and Tobago and um, Honduras and well not Honduras but like. You're just yeah, as the island teams. Yeah, yeah. That, that stadium in Solomon, it's something else. It's something else. So you go into a hostile environment, you know, the pitch isn't great, the temperature, you know, the, the climate is extremely difficult to play in. Uh, and, you know, the road is two years long and you can't slip up, especially we're not expecting to slip, we're not expected to slip up. And so the pressure for us to win every game is always there. I mean, the Nations Cup is our way to get into the... Uh, to the Confederations Cup for really important uh, games to get us prepared for exactly these, you know, this playoff. And um, you know, we just scraped through on penalties right in the final, which, uh, in my opinion, shouldn't happen for us. I mean, we, have, we do have a very good, strong team. Um, but yeah, that's the way it is. So, you know, it leads up to these uh, playoffs, and you know, you have to perform in those two two games. I mean, we have one uh, warm-up game against Japan in, in October. Well, you know, to prepare us for that uh, for that challenge, uh, but it's 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 not it's not optimal. It's not ideal, but it's very hard for a, a team on the other end of the world that's far away from most other soccer playing countries and have players that are based in Europe to then come together. You know, which uh, is for New Zealand football very costly, um, not and not top priority for New Zealand uh, for uh, sports in New Zealand generally. So there's you know financial constraints, there's travel constraints. So we're really happy when we get the odd game here and there and have um, can can play at that level. And which has done us wonders, for example, at the World Cup, where we were able to yeah show that we could we could play in certain parts. Obviously, it's not the it's not over, it hasn't been over 90 minutes yet. Uh, so we hope that it all comes together in November. We certainly hope it does. Stefan Marinovic there. And it's a very tall order if New Zealand are going to make Russia. At least just now it looks like that. They are going to play whoever finishes fifth in Conmebol. And right now, Brazil have clinched a spot from South America. Mm-hmm. Uruguay are second, 27 points. And they're pretty safe there. I would think so. Colombia's third on 26. Peru are fourth on 24. Argentina are fifth on 24. Chile are sixth and twenty-three. Yeah, and Paraguay and Ecuador is not out of it either with twenty-one and twenty points. The the tiebreakers for all the the qualifying. First of all, it's points. Then, Clearly, yeah. Then it's goal difference and goal scored. So right Which now, is the typical way to do it. Yeah, that? and they don't change that often. No, that's why it, Peru, <laughs> Peru and Argentina are tied in twenty-four points, but their goal difference is both plus one, mm-hmm. but. 26 goals scored by Peru to Argentina's 16. So that's what's got Peru ahead just now. And there's some massive games coming up. The biggest of them all, this Thursday, if you don't have B in sports, I recommend getting it just for this alone or just find a stream somewhere. 
Argentina. Although we Peru. don't condemn that. Oh, we don't condone. I, that. I condone everything. It wasn't a free uh, trial, but I think it ended on, yesterday. On Shaw, it wasn't on, on Telus, yeah. unfortunately. Which well, I have. who would who would use Telus? Maybe it's going to be on Telus now. That'd They're be rubbish. Fantastic. Telus is way better than I'm, Shaw. I'm joking. I, I don't know. I don't no, know. No, I like I'm better. just joking. Maybe they're fantastic. But yeah, Shaw had a free preview for BN. Well, this Thursday on BN, Argentina, Peru. And it's in Argentina. Mm-hmm. If, if Peru can go there and get a point, that would be fantastic. If they can get the win, it's like Pat and Bear is going to be just be getting drunk off his nuts. Yep. And eating marmalade sandwiches. Oh, he's just going to have a whole marmalade time. beer, maybe. Probably. But big, big games. And then on Tuesday, Argentina travel to Ecuador, who could still be in with a shout if they get something in Chile. So it's all to play for. But right now, it does look like it's going to be New Zealand against Argentina. And I don't think any of the Kiwis want that. Stefan didn't. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it'll be Argentina. I think more chance that it's going to be Chile. World Cup quali- World Chile quali- could miss out altogether. Though, that's the thing. World Cup qualifying needs some giant killing. Yeah. And I know people will say, oh, you, ha- you want the, the big countries there, but no. I, I want all the top countries. All, all, the, all the top countries will be there when there's 48. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, though, about Scotland. But we'll, we'll come to Scotland. I said bit. top teams. Yeah. But I, I don't think any of the Kiwis do want Argentina. Stefan Marinovich didn't. Declan Wynn didn't either. And I got a chance to speak to Declan as well, just about New Zealand's chances. So let's hear what he had to say. So the, the World Cup qualifier is going really well. You're obviously in the, the playoff game. The games against the Solomon Islands, it looked like it was always going to be a formality, but was it hard to kind of keep focused, just knowing that if you take your mind off it, they could possibly have a chance? Yeah, I think that's what we, we all uh, spoke about before that before the first game. And we knew the importance of the first game being in New Zealand and in our conditions, you know, like, so... We knew we had to we had to try and seal it there, and we did with with a six one win because we knew going to to the Solomon Islands was going to be really difficult, and they proved that with a two all yeah. draws. Like, so it was really it was really hot over there and hard to play, but got the job done. So that's all that counts. I asked Stefan this as well. It's such a long qualifying campaign, and it always looks like you guys are going to get through at the end of it. Yeah. How hard is it to keep focused though? Like Australia obviously made the move, which to me seems baffling anyway. But how hard is it to focus, knowing that it really boils down to the playoffs at the end of it? Yeah, as you said, it's it's quite long, and people always expect New Zealand to to make it because we obviously we're always playing the like the smaller nations. So I think that's something that uh, the coach says at the start of each game. You know, even though we're the favourites, still got to focus and get the job done because we are playing some. There are some like dangerous players. So I think that's that's always what he reinforces to us uh, when we play those games. In the playoffs, right now, it looks like it's Argentina, but still a lot to, to happen in these last two games. Could be Chile, could be Peru, could be anyone, really. When you're looking at it just now, does part of you want Argentina because you're matching up against some of the best in the world, or do you want to avoid them altogether to have a better chance of getting through? Yeah, obviously, unbelievable. <laughs> obviously, everyone just thinks of Messi when they think yeah. of Argentina. So, for New Zealand to be playing Ronaldo and then Messi in the same year yeah. is pretty unbelievable, but... I think, yeah, we'd obviously want to avoid them. Uh, but either way, you play any South American team, obviously they're going to be really, really a really good team and really a real difficult game for us. But, uh, yeah, I think probably Peru would probably be the best, I'd say. That'd be fun for you to have baby Jordi here, if it's Peru yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, last question. Obviously the Confederations Cup, you were over at it. You, you played the first two games. 
that experience for you, but also for the team, what does that do for you playing against those top nations which you maybe don't get a chance to do all the yeah. time? Yeah, obviously we, do, we, we don't get to play them often, so playing those games was, was real invaluable for, for New Zealand and we just saw the level that we have to be at if we want to make the World Cup. Like Obviously, I think I get definitely the Portugal game, the 4-0, probably we didn't deserve that, I think. Yeah. We, we had a few good chances against Portugal, which, which shows that if we just put them away, we're, we're right in those games as, as well as in the in the Mexico game. We could have scored two or three goals in the first half. So we know we're capable of doing it. It's just yeah, it's just really doing it and getting all these games in. Declan Wynn there talking about New Zealand and their chances. So so good luck to New Zealand. Good luck to Costa Rica. New Zealand won't know their their fate. Well, they'll know their fate by next week, but they won't be playing their playoff game until November. Other teams that are going to know their fate as well with a kind of Whitecaps bent. Let's look at Robles Wales quickly. They're sitting second in Group D, one point above the Republic of Ireland. Away to Georgia on Friday, and then the big game on Monday at home to Republic so of Ireland. So are they playing uh, in Atlanta's new stadium? Or is that where they're playing? They're playing Georgia? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, gotcha. Peaches everywhere. Why are we talking about Wales? Because I thought it was a tenuous link to... The you just want to talk about the, British the next team, 20 blah, minute blah, about blah, blah, Scotland. Blah, blah. Because Scotland, yeah, I knew you were doing that. Group F, massive game on <laughs> Thursday. We should walk out. F stands for fantastic. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should walk does. Out. <laughs> take your headphones off. I'll be a while. So on Thursday, Scotland are fourth at the moment in Group F, fourteen points, equal with Slovenia who are third, and one point behind Slovakia who are second. Scotland play Slovakia on Thursday, then they play Slovenia on Sunday. Two wins there, Scotland's into the playoffs. I might not then make next Sunday's show. I will just be <laughs> lying in a gutter drunk somewhere <laughs> celebrating. We still not oh. made the World Cup, but we all have made the playoffs. I, I want to make next week's show, though, because I've got a really good song about football violence that I want to play. And I feel if I'm not here, you guys might not play it. We'll condone it. Or condemn it. Oh, ah, I knew you condoned it. Condemn. Uh, condemn. Hey, <laughs> I, I bet you on Wednesday night, oh. you were all for a bit of football <laughs> violence. <laughs> I just, I just, just pictured you ripping the seats out up there and throwing them on the pitch. I felt like doing that in the press box. I, had, I didn't think I, I'd get back in again. I once had a seat from Stad Sabuto. Ah, I once had a seat from the old Bayview East Vice Grind, but I was allowed to take that. Hashtag memories. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back with more memories after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. That's right, everyone. Curb your enthusiasm. We're back for part four of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. And today was the premiere of the newest season uh, after six years off. The return. They, they actually, yeah. the last season they did it was, was 2011. Everything's coming back year. after being away for, for a while. Yeah, we're well Grace. The playoffs. What's your playoffs? Yeah. What's your show? Twin Peaks. That's the one. Next, Mustafa Jarju. Oh, I saw that. Uh, I don't think he's coming back a couple, to, couple of days ago. Yeah. I don't think he's coming Canada. back to Canada. He might. He no. loved it here. I heard. No, maybe for the twenty seconds while he was getting off the plane. No, when as yeah, as soon as he got off, as he was getting off the plane, he realized. Yeah, starting here, bring back Mustafa Jarju. <laughs> Hashtag it. Anyway, this is a wonderful time of year. Not just because the Whitecaps have clinched a playoff spot, but. 
This is just this is my favourite season. I love the fall. Bricktober. Well, I, I I love it when the leaves are brown, when you've got squirrels hiding their nuts, digging them back out again. I've been fascinated. I, I bought a little squirrel feeder for my garden. It's fascinating watching squirrels, and I, I got a new bird feeder as well. Mm. I, I'm turning into a sixty-year-old. I think. Seems like it. Wait, you're not sixty. Oh. oh, sorry. No, but the, the fall or autumn, as we call it, is my favourite season, and. I think everyone has a favourite season. Footballers obviously have their favourite seasons that they've played and favourite seasons of the year as well. So this is our new segment leading up to this wonderfully. Jordan Harvey, who I like to to be the first person on all these segments that I do because he's so much fun to talk to. So let's hear from him now and let's find out what is Jordan Harvey's favourite season. What's your favourite season? You've had a long career so far. Long way to go yet. I don't think it's going to get shorter. <laughs> it can only get longer, right? <laughs> um, if you look back at all the seasons that you've played so far, what's been your favourite season? I think for me, having, uh, having, having had a long career, um, I look back at, at the successes uh, throughout it and, and the winning. Um, right now my focus is on winning a championship and so when you look back on the years it's it's the years that I've won uh, you know the most games or had the most success which was probably I think 2015 maybe when we had the Amway championship and then we uh, you know we we got into the playoffs where it wasn't like a first round knockout game we, we had a bye and um, you know when you're winning games ultimately that's when you're the most happy and uh, that was probably the most successful season we've had here in, in the Whitecaps and so uh, I'd have to say that one. You've been in this league now for 12 years. When you look back at what it was like when you first came into it, to what it is now, how, how do you see it's changed? The league or just this like organisation? The, the, the league. The, the league. Um, everyone's like talking about MLS 3.0 just now. Yeah. Uh, so I guess you were 1.0, you've been through 2.0, and now you're in 3.0. You know, there were, there were games that weren't as competitive, I think, back in the day. Um, there were maybe there's always been disparity but i think what i'm trying to say is that the level has risen uh there's so many more uh quality players in this league now um that a roster is you know it used to be maybe uh 11 deep now it's 18 and i think that um, is a bigger question into you know talking about the CONCACAF Champions League and trying to compete with Mexico. But I think ultimately the more money that uh, the budget has uh, accumulated, the more money we have in that, you're going to be able to spend more money So I think, or, or get better players. And so I think that the quality has just gotten so much, so much better uh, since I came into the league in 2006. What's your favorite season? I mean, I don't know anybody that wouldn't say summer. Um, I hate the yeah, summer. you yeah, hate the I summer. Hate the heat. Well, coming from California, <laughs> summertime makes me feel at home. And so this is like, this is, you know, maybe spring or fall in California. It's a little hotter in summertime, but this just feels amazing. And I love, you know, we live down uh, at Sunset Beach, so I love going on the seawall and just being outside. Um, you know, my wife uh, walks around downtown, and when it's raining, she's like, covered with umbrellas with all this stuff and she's just layers after layers and so she enjoys this and I do too. 
What's your favorite season? Now I'm pretty sure that summer's my favorite season. You've said every other season. Do you understand the season? Yes. I like the leaves of golden brown. No, that's autumn. You're a clown. I like the flowers when in bloom. No, that's spring. You thick baboon. Thick baboon. That music can only mean one thing. It's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. Brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. Yeah, and uh, this week we have quite a few art- uh, art, um, topics to discuss. Um, I'm going to go over a few of them and you guys can chime in quickly over these ones. Um, uh, one article was from The Guardian, the unlikely rise and fall of the strangest village football club in Europe. It was basically a small club in uh, Czech Republic. They basically, over 25 years, kind of rised. They be, be, were promoted seven times, got to the basically the top league in, in, the, Czech, in the Czech leagues, and then on their 70th uh, anniversary, disappeared and basically were defunct. Um, Roy, Roy of the Rovers to be rebooted by Rebellion. A lot of R's there. Um, It's a a comic book that you uh, read, Roy of the Rovers. Roy of the Rovers, Everyone's read Roy of the Rovers. I have some Roy of the Rovers rap song for a future wavelength. So it's coming back. I should have told you that. It's it's coming back, so it's getting rebooted. Obviously, it'll probably talk about a lot of the uh, uh, modern football and all the things that go on there. Crowd counts. MLS moves past record season average. So they're wild. They're people. rewriting history. Yeah. So basically, it's it's, it's a minuscule upgrade, but they're, they're rewriting is, history from when Seattle was not in it. Um, FIFA to lift ban on poppies being displayed. They find in the and past about time. They, uh, yeah. they find teams in Scotland. They can put so yeah. many things on those uniforms. Yeah. They yeah. find Scotland yeah. and England they, they, last year for wearing it when they played each other. It's, it was, good, it's good that they took those fines. And, and, they, yeah. and they claimed it was a political statement, which I don't understand at all. There's no political statement at all on poppies. It's to support it, it's the remem- veterans. Yeah, remembering those who... Yeah. And it's support them because yeah. the veterans actually make these, especially here in BC, they make the poppies themselves uh, and then they, uh, they sell them and that helps support plus, them. Plus it... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't start us on that because that was ridiculous. And it should never have come to them having to make a decision that they're going to allow it. It should just have been allowed. Just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, a couple of stadium things. Louisville Stadium to anchor $200 million development. That's uh, Louisville. I think they're uh, kind of uh, the lower team for Orlando or something still, or are they? they? Is that now where um, uh, the TFC reject uh, kid, WC2? Was that that's where he was playing? Yes, I can't remember his name. K, uh, Mark Anthony K. Mark Anthony K. Yeah. I think that's where he's playing. Uh, Los Angeles FC has nearly f- filled the stadium before their debut. They've getting a lot of um, promises to purchase. I don't think this is official purchases or not. Um, I, it was a, a very weird way they worded it. Uh, have you have you seen the stadium plan? No, I haven't. So th- this is what I heard. I can't. I haven't. I haven't seen this anywhere. But I was talking to someone actually at the. I was talking to Anando from PDX at the uh, in Seattle on Wednesday, and he was saying something like uh, half of the stadium, and not like one of the ends. <laughs> like I think it might be the half that's on TV is going to be like instead of like suites and stuff is going to be like 
um, cabanas and like, you know where they, you know where sometimes they put like VIP seating yeah. stuff? It's going to be like, there's going to be like more of that than normal so that like, because uh, you know they have like a million owners who are all like famous people. Yes. So them and or their friends can like pay crazy money and have I, these- I always find it hilarious when you see football stadiums in the States or football matches played at stadiums in the States, not necessarily football stadiums. And there's just folks sitting on the sidelines right at pitch level, just eating a hot dog yeah. and oh, it's just ridiculous. So this is gonna be a different this kind of ridiculous even worse. a different kind of ridiculous. So they're you know, they're hoping, you know, actors or other athletes will have like Obviously if when the cats play down there, uh, I'll get us an AFTN cabana. Yeah. Well, maybe That'd you can borrow Steve Nash's because I'm sure he'll have one. Oh, he'll he'll definitely let us take part. So oh. if you're listening, Steve, which obviously you will be, <laughs> um, we'll book that now. And looking forward to it. So next article, uh, does Boney's uh, £8 million case show it's time for regulators to stop agents from defrauding players? Essentially, the story here is agents, uh, uh, and it's it's been proven in the past that agents are receiving secret commissions. What? That the players don't... I do don't, not believe that. No, that's that, shocking. You shut your face. That's shocking. I do will you, not shut my face. Don't you, <laughs> don't you point at me. bad mouth agents. <laughs> they are the most reputable people. No, if but... you can't trust an agent, who can you trust? <laughs> no, but there are agents out there that, that get the commissions and from the paid by the, uh, the teams. There are agents out there that are getting secret commissions that the players don't even know about, and so, that's what the issue. So part is. of the problem was a number of years ago, FIFA made some, tried to have some guidelines for agents, right? So there were official agents, and then there were people who weren't legit. But I think they've, from what I understand, they've gone back on that because it was it was still a shambles. You shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to be an agent. Oh yeah, I, I, I it would be interesting. Football scout. Is my first choice, yeah, um, and then agent second choice. I know a guy you could talk to about that. Hmm. Oh, you were trying to make inroads with the mothers of the Red Sea players. I was, <laughs> but that, that was a whole other thing. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. No, please, please. I was please trying to create my own future residency program. <laughs> so uh, basically, uh, the next article is from the Eleven CA. Um, what is biobranding and can it help level the playing fields for soccer, kids in soccer? Yeah, um, what is biobranding? Because I didn't get a chance to read this one. Okay, well, so I, I it's, it's basically, uh, it's kind of being developed in Saskatoon at this point. What it is, it's um, getting, uh, instead of do, uh, setting players up with by age, age. Uh, by age, they're actually by skill level and, and size. size and speed and like that. Ah, I'm so, all for that. So, so uh, <laughs> like a six-year-old would be able to play with a uh, 10-year-old if he was good enough to play or a seven-year-old or something. I don't think there'll be like uh, a math, uh, what? We have to wait for Zach to be. I don't know why Zach. Why I don't Zach know. So I'm, funny. I'm laughing because I can see you thinking about this, Michael, and you're like, I think I could dominate the people born in '68 who are my size and weight. I'm just looking for two more years walking football. I'm gonna dominate that if my back gets better. Because right now I'm having trouble walking. Never mind anything else. It's all those stairs at the clink. Oh, you probably got the elevator. Yeah. Yeah, we got the elevator too. I, I went in the VIP entrance. Yeah, we no, we didn't do that. Excellent. So what do you guys think, <laughs> uh, thoughts about that? About no, I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, one of the guys who we've had on the show a lot, Slamo. Yeah. His, his kid, Dakota, he, he was so good at his age level yeah, that they did. ended up playing him in goal because he was showing up the other kid's in his group. So it did nothing for him no. playing at his age level. He needed to play with 
people, kids as skilled as him. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great <clears throat> idea. Yeah. And if anything, because you've got someone like Alfonso Davies, who he he came here and immediately he was moved up to the 18s because yeah. it was like, no, you're way too good to be playing at the 16s. And then right away up to USL, et cetera, et cetera. Well, even when you watch that video of him playing for like his school or his club yeah. team, yeah, he was like dominated. he dwarfed yeah. half those people. Yeah. So the main topic this week is about the <laughs> NASL. Um, and you were on a, a conference call with them. I was. And if you are a subscriber to AFTN's subscription podcast, there's still extra time. I brought the conference call in full and a little bit of chat about this as well. So if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do. $3 a month, $30 for the year. You get at least one podcast a month of at least half an hour. This one was 56 minutes. Excellent. I know what our listeners That's want, <laughs> and it's 56 minutes on NASL's antitrust lawsuit. That's value. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, I'll read some of the headlines. There's about three of them. Um, differentiate or die, NASL must evolve dramatically if, it's, if it survives its latest challenge. NASL makes it clear either it gets the injunction or else it doesn't continue. And then co- yeah, that uh, was made very clear and by the fact that they asked three questions, one after the other, of the same point. What does this mean if it doesn't succeed? The time the third one, Comissio, yeah. was losing it. Yeah. He, he outlines uh, NASL's case against USSF. And he, it, I'm assuming he did that. In yeah. I, I think we talked about this last week, so we can talk about it again this week because no one heard that. But one of the, one of the, one of the things that needs to be discussed with this is if there's no true pyramid, what the heck, why do they have to have designations of but they always going to be my question yeah but he kind of answered it it's all to do with if you are division two you're classed as a serious league anything below by who? that by who by the ussf the united states soccer Federation. but why do they care well, about who cares it? about that because if you're three or under you're classed as developmental which then affects sponsors wanting to to be part of a proper league or a developmental league tv Everything like that. I you, don't know you, about you, this. You ask, I think you, you get sell less yourself. money. You can yes, sell yourself to totally. sponsors. Well, that, that's exactly how I feel. It's the quality. And they kept talking about it's going to be the fans that decide what, what leagues survive. Never a great idea. I think the NASL. When you're not pulling USL a lot of crowds in yeah. any, any yeah. level. But one of the big sticking points for NASL, and I'm totally with them on this, is the USSF are saying... No, you're not meeting the criteria for Division 2 status, which is a 5,000-seat stadium. You look at all the MLS 2 teams that are in USL, Whitecaps 2 being one of them, and they're not playing in a stadium that size. And most of these clubs aren't. No, And then even if they are, they're not filling them. No, there's no point having a big stadium. It, that's if you're farcical. Not fill yeah. it. It's farcical. And, yeah, this this whole thing is infuriating. I think from, from, it's too much self interest. Totally, it, totally, it's a really interesting conference call. I really recommend that that you subscribe to our podcast. I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I saw it come in. I'm <laughs> yeah, looking forward I, to listen to it. Uh, it. This is one of the problems with football in North America. It's one of the problems with football in Canada. I was recently talking to a group of let's call them friends, and it said the same thing for 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 football. To progress in Canada, you need all the stakeholders, all the potential stakeholders, to be able to say what is best and to lay down their personal agendas. Yes, and which lay they down. Are never going to do. Jason DeVos has been trying to get folk to do this for years before he was even officially involved in his capacity that he is yeah. now. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, I, I genuinely let, do not let, think it's going to happen. Let's hope. Let's hope that changes. Let, let's hope so, indeed.
But anyway, it's time for this week's Wavelength. And this was the song that we we played on last week's Missing Episode. So since no one heard it, we're going to play it again. Oh, great. Because it was for our fall theme. Uh-huh. We had Jordan Harvey talking about his favourite season. Mine's was the fall. And I thought, let's bring back Wavelength. Let's bring the fall back to Wavelength with their song from 1983's Perverted by Language album. This is Kicker Conspiracy. Kicker! Kick Conspiracy! Kicker! Kick Conspiracy! J-Hells! Panic Ring! Our Slickers! King of Team!
the fall there with Kicker Conspiracy. Let's talk a little bit, just to wrap the show up, about some local soccer. I was at a lot of VMSL games over the weekend. That was that was good fun. Check out our YouTube channel. And a sad, sad tale on Saturday afternoon. Whilst I was at my VMSL game, WFC2 played their last ever USL match in Langley. Losing to the worst team in USL, 1-0 defeat to, to Portland Timbers. Fantastic goalkeeping performance by Kendall McIntosh in, in goals for the Timbers. But, yeah, man, that it's been a tough season. Two games to go. One at home at Thunderbird Stadium on Friday the 13th. <laughs> mm. Unlucky for some. Could be unlucky for WFC too because it looks like that might be their last ever match. There, there's been some speculation about their future. There had been talks in the, the past off-season possibly moving the team to Calgary. Now, I will stress, this is not 100% confirmed yet. All the documentation hasn't been signed. The final decision hasn't definitely been made. But all signs are pointing to WFC2 winding up at the end of this year. There will not be a Whitecaps team in USL. Instead, they will have an affiliate with a US team who, I don't know who that's going to be yet. You have to feel, though, that it is going to be a West Coast team. Fresno coming in could be an opportunity. Reno, I wouldn't mind that because it would be a nice little trip down there, go to Lake Tahoe as well. Not sure they need our players, so they've had a a really good debut season. Mac Pridham's in there. It's just sad that, I mean, from, from start to finish with this team, from the whole New West debacle to putting the team at UBC, fans not coming out to support it, bad first season, great second season, making the Western Conference Championship and then regressing. Because most of the attention this year, has to be said, was put on the MLS team. And there wasn't as many players gone down to play in USL because they were getting rotated in and out. There was all the injuries. So it meant WFC2 had a very young side out all year and you're playing five, six teenagers in a game and you're going up against guys in their late 20s and their 30s. Didier Drogba, Sean Wright Phillips and, and things down in Phoenix when they're playing down there. So they've, they've had a competitive season but haven't got the breaks, haven't got the victories and they've struggled on the pitch and with attendances off it. But the... the- WC2 is not about victories. It needs to be about player development. Can I ask you a question, Michael? Did is Has anything been indicated to you to, <clears throat> how shall I say, um, shape this potential announcement? No, not okay. yet. Um, they, well, it's not confirmed. They're not going to announce They anything. are still looking at possibilities. Somebody could come along and say, look, we want to keep the team in the lower mainland. We feel that there should be a team here. We will buy the team. That's part of the reason you find that far-fetched, do you? That's one of the reasons I wanted to mention it on the on the show tonight, actually, was just, I, I don't feel, me, I, like, I've known about this for a couple of weeks, and I've kind of, I've alluded to it, hinted <laughs> at it, but I haven't come out and said it, and I, I just feel now is a good time to do it, because there's one game left at Thunderbird on the 13th, and if it is going to be their final game, I would really like them to get a good crowd for that and to come out and to pack into the stadium and just to say goodbye to the team. Put them in the Canadian Premier League. Yeah, no, that's, that's, right. that, that's not an option. Why not? Because the Canadian Premier League has said that multiple times. So 
you're saying to me, if the Whitecaps went to the Canadian Premier League and said, we, we'd like to, to put a team yes. in, they're going to say no. Yes. Why, would, the, why would they say no if they're trying to do things for the good of Canadian soccer? Because this, is not, the, this Canadian, is not the, for the good of Canadian soccer. This is good for the good of Vancouver Whitecaps FC. Who will be developing players yeah. who will then well, go really, and play really, for Canada. Really? Yeah. Have they shown that? There hasn't been any good enough players. <laughs> so that's the excuse. After 10 what, years, what Canadian 10 years of residency. Right now, what Whitecaps residency players, current or recent, deserve to be in the Whitecaps MLS team right now? Are you talking about starting 11? Starting or? 11. Oh. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's partly my point, Michael. Yeah. Is they haven't done a good enough job at, at developing players. Again, but they got to continue it. Is it that they haven't done a good enough job, or have the players just simply not been good enough? I think it's. I think you. I think we've seen. uh, Put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. No, I think. I think there's a little bit of pretty pig. A little bit of column A. A little bit of column B. It's. It's not all simply just one thing. No, you can't all say it's only the players. And you don't because they've been high level players here that have won national. the awards for National Player of the Year at different age level. It's it's the getting them into in the, Canada. Yes, in Canada, it's been getting them. It, we've talked about this in the past. It's the gap between when you're 18 to making the first team. Yeah. So uh, and now one of the one of the things that helps bridge that gap is not going to be here. Exactly. And that's but why but, but, but why is it not going to be here? And obviously, this is maybe premature to have this conversation. So I don't want to say yeah, things. Yeah. But, it, but they're, they're we'll go into more details. Yeah. If and when happens. it's officially announced, I, you have I, to feel money does play a part in it because it's going to be a you, loss-making you, you think? opportunity. You think? TSS Rovers have lost a lot of money this year as well. It needs folk to come out and support these teams. If you but, want to have these teams here, but when you do such the Canadian a Canadian Premier League in the Fraser Valley, but when you do such a poor job at running it, does it deserve the support? That's a whole other thing, which I I will go into in a lot of detail because I do agree with you there. I do feel there's been a lot of mismanagement with the team. The, the managing director, Lisa Morica Mori, left in the summer and she wasn't replaced. So right away, the, you kind of knew the writing was on the wall there. The under-18s still don't have a full-time head coach. Now Thompson at the moment is the assistant head coach. As soon as I saw that, I started thinking to myself, you know what, Rich Fagan is probably going to go back to his old under-18 role. Or move on somewhere or else. Or move on somewhere else. That just makes sense to me that they're keeping that open in case WFC2 is no longer here. For me, the turning point was essentially when they got denied the new West Stadium. Yeah. And so... Uh, it was I, a losing I, battle after that. Yeah, after UBC that. But, 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 and then they couldn't commit to either... Lang- they were splitting games in Langley and UBC when they should have they, committed to They've drawn well in Langley. Uh, they, uh, but not, not because... Not well enough. Not well 737 enough. yesterday. And then, but the thing is, they weren't um, they weren't committed one way or the other to that team. Like they they they, they should have continued the commitment to Langley if they, that's where they wanted to play instead of splitting the seasons up. Because people, if you go to a game in June and then you don't have to go to another game in August, that's not really following the team. You're just basically find out oh the game's on. Some people probably don't even realize the game coming on. Coming up or whatever. It's also not a great stadium because it's in the middle it's of not. nowhere. If you don't no. drive, then no. you're, the, you're the not new, getting there. The new West thing, Steve. There's multiple layers as to why it didn't happen, but there are well, some. I'm not. I'm not saying that the, whose fault it was. I'm oh, just no, saying, but I'm just saying that that was I, for me a turning point of that this this team might not succeed going forward. But but the white the white caps as a well, let's call them in this case an organization have to have to own that. You have to be able to get things done when even when they're difficult yeah. and. 
Well, the new West, honestly, the new West uh, City Council or whatever made decision, they're not easy to deal with. And they've shown that in no. past dealings too, not with sports, with other organizations totally. and other things. Totally. They, I, like, they don't like their here, city being invaded by other people. No, but here's the thing. I agree. The political side, and I've heard local local people have told me different things about the political side of things, but the the white caps did not do enough, did not do enough on the financial side to make the political issue less of an issue. A lot more to talk about in this subject, and we will talk a lot more about it when things are official. Just to stress again, it is not 100% signed, sealed, and delivered, but all things right now are pointing to Friday the 13th of October being the final ever WFC2 game. Which is a very sad and negative thing for football in this community. Especially for me, because I'm going to miss most of it because I'm commentating on UBC that night. But I will be there for the last half hour with my bugle playing. And just before we go, I'm just going to read some final tweets that we've had. El Canico, he wants to know, is it really too much to ask for entertaining wins? It's not a novel concept. Look at TFC, Atlanta, Chicago, Seattle. Why can't we aspire to be the same? I like the I'm, dollar I, sign symbol. I am saying I would like it wins any means necessary. I, of course, I would love to have entertaining games as well and, and win entertaining. I just don't think we have the players here right now to possibly do that. It might take a complete change of mindset and formation by Robo to to have a more attacking thing. But will the defence be good enough to to keep the goals out? Who knows. Generic Spencer wants to know, is there a chance that we can get AFTN sticker books and packs? I, I would like that. I, can, I really can picture people sitting in their bedrooms in their dorm rooms, sticking photographs of Steve and Zach and myself into their stickers. We could just use the shirt pictures. Well, you, well, we are going to be doing a bikini shoot. Um, oh Anna Namshin no, 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 no. gave us the idea for that with her bikini shots from holiday. And it gave me the idea that we should all do that. So we'll maybe head to Wreck Beach one day and maybe when it's a bit warmer because otherwise that might not be the best photo session. And and we'll get that. That will be in our AFTN sticker album. Um, so I'm sure everyone will look forward to that. And let's be honest, the quality is going to be better than the Whitecap <laughs> sticker album. People might want some blank stickers though in the AFTN bikini shot. We'll see. We could, we could do a charity calendar as well. Kind of like the... You know how the Women's Institute did that nude one for charity? We could do that. I think we have 12 writers now, so we could possibly do that. No no takers? No, I'll be in all 12 pictures. I don't mind. No, a couple of guys can share months if we have more than 12 too. Me and Predictor Pooch. Just a couple more tweets here. Whitecap Scarf says we should appeal Belanius' red card. It's going to be interesting to, to see if we do. Isn't there a thing where if you appeal it and they appeal, yeah. they can actually add games to it? Yeah, they they, 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 yes. they, and you, you, they pay money the and stuff. They threaten you with a big stick, yeah. A yeah. couple more tweets here. Whitecap Scarf, he agrees with you. Seattle was embarrassing. Robo got it wrong. The cat should have apologised to the fans for that stinker. He also doesn't think that Williams will be back next year, but he's been saying that for weeks. Also wants to know why Mon didn't start or play this week. That was a surprise. I thought they would have arrested Timmy Parker uh, in KC, but they didn't. 
because Mond and Boston had an understanding from playing before, so I thought that would maybe have worked. For 2018, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Earlier you mentioned Kendall uh, hopefully being away for the World Cup. Yeah. Hopefully for him, obviously, being away for the World Cup. We'll have a return of David Edgar. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Will Mond and or Edgar both be around partly because of that? I think they probably will be. Now, I really like this tweet from Spiceboy1. Does anyone recall if the Caps were exciting in 2006, or do they only remember that they won the championship? You... I don't. I don't remember if they were exciting. Do you? That was no. A du- they that, weren't because that was that the was a double. Ball. That was the double. That was two thousand eight. Two thousand eight was the double. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Was it not that was Lily Tater? Ball in that was Tater. Two thousand six. Two thousand six. Well, yes. No. Yeah. Bob Lilly was the the was the head coach, and Bob loved to talk. So if you wanted to talk to Bob about football, he would talk to you for as long as you had. And just the last tweet here. This warms the cockles of my heart. It's from No Good Boyle. I think he might be taking the piss, but let's just just hope that he isn't. He says he's taking a break from cramming for his big basket-weaving midterm tomorrow <laughs> to, to listen to our show tonight in his UBC dorm room. <laughs> he is not telling the truth. He is. No, I, he's not. I'd like to picture him or her. <laughs> it's a him, but no, he's not. Maybe he comes on the weekends and spends in, like Sunday nights in the dorm room and you don't know about his heck. And on that note... Let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. I'm at ZacharyAM on Twitter. I'm a part of the movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTNCanada. On Instagram at AFTNSoccer. Check out our stuff out away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. So until next week, take care and mourn the caps. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.